Hey, this is Russ, and we are getting ready to go on to session number eight, Dynamic Discipleship Series. Father, as we simply bow our heads together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, born again by your Spirit, we now, by the Spirit of God, uh, simply acknowledge our fellowship with you that it is unceasing, unbroken. Lord Jesus Christ, we love you today. We ascribe greatness and power and glory and might to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just uh, gather right now to pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better, that we might know the uh, incomparably great power for us who believe and the inheritance we have in you. We pray, Father, right now that uh, we can learn from the Word of God, the, the, the Word of God being the, the very voice of the Spirit of God, your very words, living words. And uh, we acknowledge again and thank you that you've made us alive, that our human spirit is, uh, has been born again, that we have been born again unto you, into fellowship, and that we have this fellowship in Christ by that blood that has been shed and that uh, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Glory to the God of heaven, to our King, to our great friend, to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I want you to know something, that worship, worship is an incredible, an incredible uh, relationship. Listen, this one is titled in Session 8, How to Worship in Spirit and Truth. And I, I really can't just simply teach that I can teach on that, but it's going to be experienced only by those as God has sought to find worshipers who would worship Him in spirit and truth. It's only going to be experienced by those who have been born the Spirit of God, who have the living Spirit of God inside of them. That means that they have God inside of them, that they are, listen, you are a temple of the Spirit of God, and you have an inseparable. A relationship, an unbreakable relationship, an unceasing relationship. Listen, whether you feel God's presence right now or not, if you're saved, born again in the Spirit of God, God's living in you, you have been uh, placed in Him. I mean, go back and read Ephesians chapter 1 sometime, that you have been uh, seated uh, in Him, in Christ, in the heavenly realms. And then Christ is in you. Listen, on the webpage, if you've gotten the webpage also, maybe you're just listening to this. This is from the Dynamic Discipleship Series that we have on the front page of ShatterTheDarkness.net. This is a discipleship series that's ongoing. I'm sure there'll be 30, 40, 50, 60 sessions on down the road. But it's simply here to help especially those who have come to Christ, those who have been uh, saved just lately. And I remember when I first got saved that I needed to get in the Word of God. I needed to grow. I didn't know what to do. And so I pray that uh, God is blessing you with these simple um, MP3s and sessions. Maybe somebody's giving you a CD. But I want you to know that on the web, there's um, not only the free MP3 that you're listening to, there's many other ones. And under the Dynamic Discipleship Series, uh, there is a series of teachings on, uh, they're just simply, you know, how to pray and how to uh, read the Bible and how to memorize Scripture and how to be filled with the Spirit and how to witness and how, you know, all those things. 
Well, this is session number eight, how to worship in spirit and truth. And literally, this comes from John chapter 4, verse 23, tremendous verse. Jesus spoke these words, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Listen, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Now, if you've read the entire two verses... It's very clear Jesus was speaking this while he was there. God in human flesh was there and sitting before a woman that came to the well and and uh, she was she understood worship in some of the Old Testament sense, but it was only a partial revelation of worship as God began to break in again to fallen humanity and begin to bring us back and draw us back. And the Old Testament gives us um, really types and even shadows of the coming worship and relationship that we would have with the Lord Jesus and through the Lord Jesus. So Jesus says simply to her, yet a time is coming, and listen, and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Listen, God the Father has sought you. Jesus came, he said that he came to save, you know, to seek and to save. And so God has been seeking you and God has been seeking me. And he's been looking for us and he's been looking for us to bring us back into relationship. Dear friend, this is what we were made for. We are spiritual beings, not just physical beings and we were we were fashioned by a special act of God's creation to be in fellowship with God to walk with God and to know God and so I want to encourage you today that that what God meant in the beginning ruined by our own sin and the satanic deceptions God now brings a restoration in the salvation listen if you've been saved six months six years 20 years Listen, this is, this is the factor that God loves to be with you. God desires to be with you. Even Jesus said later on in John's Gospel, chapter 14, that He's going away to prepare a place. He's going away to prepare a place for us. And that one day He would return again and come and get us. And uh, what's the reason for that? To bring us back to be with Him where He is. And so salvation is that uh, initial act of God coming into our lives and we're being made alive again to God and can worship God and walk with God and, and fellowship with God. But, it, but it's only the beginning, my friend. In the glorification, when we are made immortal, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we will eventually, uh, as we read in the book of Revelation, also chapters 20 on, that we shall see God face to face. And what an amazing worship. Matter of fact, for background study, you might even want to take a look at the first few chapters of the book of Revelation. Look at the aged John, the Apostle John, who's being led by God to write the great book of Revelation. And how he bows down in worship when he, when he sees literally not only the risen, but the ascended and glorified Christ. And he's just literally blown away. And he bows down to worship. 
And then we begin to read in the next few chapters about how the uh, elders in heaven that encircle the throne, how they fall down and worship, how the throne of God and, and the colors and, the, and, and, and you just simply look at this incredible revelation that gives us kind of a peek into heaven where we will be to see God face to face where those who have died in Christ already thou absent from the body they are now present with the Lord but you and I are able right here right now as uh, born again if you're born again if you're saved if you know Jesus if you don't know Jesus I want you to know that he loves you he wants you God the Father seeks you to be a worshiper to be in relationship to be in a knowing experiential knowing relationship with God God created us to know him and uh, sin separated us Satan doesn't want us to know God but God has come back and uh, he's come here as a matter of fact God has come in human flesh the great Emmanuel God in human flesh And so you can read about that in the Gospel of John. And I just encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, call on the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, repent of sin and turn to Jesus and and, and, and just simply um, invite Him and, and ask Him to come into your life. Surrender to Him and acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior. And let Him give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And make sure you get up then and go go get baptized and get into a fellowship and get into the Word of God. And, and some of the studies that are right here. But I'm just excited to share with you right now because you know what? I am right here, right now, in the presence of God. Even before I began this, I just simply bowed my head in acknowledgement of the presence of God, of the person of God, and worship God. And listen, I've been doing this for 30-some years, and I know the Lord. And I know that's a big thing to say, but I know God. I know God personally. And greater than that, He knows me. And we are in fellowship. And everyone born again of the Spirit of God. That Listen, what is salvation all about? When you read that verse later on too in John 17, when Jesus is saying, as He is the Son of God, the Son of Man, bringing us back into relationship to God, uh, He literally says right there that as He's praying to the Father, He says, you know, uh, the, the whole reason He came was that we might know God, the only true God. That's what salvation is. So on the webpage, here's what I say. Listen, this is very important, I think. Contact. What is worship? It is contact with God Almighty. What an amazing embrace. This is what salvation is all about. God reaching out to us, seeking us and bringing us back into fellowship with Him. In the garden, Adam and Eve had great fellowship with God and God came and walked with them. It was natural, normal, and awesome. We were made by God and for God. Person, capital P, to person, small p, is what it is all about. God is not only the most incredible being, infinite, immeasurable, unlimited, eternal, immortal, awe-striking spirit. He is also the most personal, relational, fellowshipping, communicating, being in existence. We have been made in His image and likeness. We are spiritual and relational beings. That's all found in Genesis chapters you know, 1 and 2, and, and, and you can begin to see even 3, but 3 is where the fall comes in, where we, are the, we were cut off from God, where our human spirit went dead to God because of sin. 
There's an old verse in Isaiah. There's a great verse in Isaiah that simply tells us very clearly that the trouble is that our sins have cut us off from God. The wages of sin is death. And there was a spiritual death, and we were cut off from God. Our spirit inside was dead to God. And our physical body was dying and eventually would physically die. And without God, we would die and be lost forever. We would be hellbound. We would lose any eternal relationship with God. But that's not what God willed. That's not what God wanted. And that's why God so loved the world, so loved you, that He would give Jesus, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and shed His blood and to bring you back. God didn't send Him into the world to condemn the world. That's what the Bible says. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 17. We have been made to have direct fellowship with God, to walk with Him and to know Him deeply. And I pray that's what you're having. I pray that you realize that every single day you can meet with the Lord. Listen, even if it's only 15 minutes to have direct time. I mean, you can fellowship with God as you're going to see in the study anytime, anyplace, anywhere. But there's also, you know, there's also, uh, there's also the gatherings of the saints. And maybe even when a few of us get together. But, but listen, so many times by ourselves to come before the Lord, to worship. Now, I'm going to go over uh, five of the points. Uh, Here's how uh, to begin to be worshipers. Listen, if God the Father has done everything, all of the Word of God has been written for you. It's been preserved for you and brought to you. And, uh, you know, God has now come in human flesh. John chapter 1, verse 14. So God has sought you out. And now that you've been born again, And the Spirit of God lives in you. And God has opened up His being, opened up the treasuries of knowledge and wisdom. Won't you seek Him out? Don't you want to be in His presence? Don't you want to go deep in your knowledge and in your experience of grace in Christ? Man, I think so. Well, let me mention the five things. Number one, we were made spiritually. We were made spiritual. Listen, spiritually linked to God, Genesis 2, Genesis 1. We are created to be in the image of God. We read in the scripture that God is spirit. God is spirit. We are made body, soul, and spirit. We are spiritual beings. And uh, that was to be a holistic sense. We were never to be uh, uh, broken apart and divided. We were never meant to have our human spirit go dead to God and our soul to be completely dead to God. We can read about this in Second or First Thessalonians, you know, the last chapter about how Paul prays that our whole body, soul, and spirit would be sanctified, thoroughly, wholly, totally, set apart completely unto God. But Genesis 3 is where the fall comes in. Sin came in, and we were simply cut off from God, and our human spirit was dead to God. Now listen, this is very important to understand. Being dead to God, we had no way to get back to God on our own. We had no way to make ourselves alive again. Being spiritual beings, though, having a human spirit, as we, you can read about that also even in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that the spirit of man knows the thoughts of a man. My human spirit, I within me, knows even my thoughts as I think and so forth. We all have a human spirit. The body, like it says in James, the book of James, maybe you've read this at some time or another, that the uh, body without the spirit is dead. When you die, your human spirit leaves. 
We read in Ecclesiastes that your human spirit goes back to God who gave it in procreation. And there uh, it is appointed, like it says in Hebrews chapter 9, it is appointed a man once to die, after that the judgment. It's destined. And so to die, again, is that intrusion. The wages of sin is death. Death is an enemy. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross, died there sinlessly, and uh, breaking the power of sin, Satan, and death. And hell. And hallelujah, right? That alone makes me want to worship. That alone wants me to break out and worship and praise and ascribe greatness and power and might and strength and glory and, and kindness uh, and love. Ascribing to God what He is. It, it reminds me what the Word of God has told me. So listen, when you read in Ephesians chapter 2, you're going to simply read about how we were dead in trespasses and sin. We were dead to God. But in salvation, it says, we were made alive. We were made alive literally at the moment of salvation, being born again. John chapter 3. Remember John chapter 3? When Jesus said, in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Born again. Literally in the Greek, born from above. And the whole difficulty that Nicodemus had was wondering how he can go back into his mother's womb and be physically reborn again. Jesus wasn't talking about physically being reborn again. Uh, we're born once when a, when, a, when, a, when a mother's, when a pregnant woman, a mother's uh, water bursts. That's the physical side. There's a physical breaking of water and a, and a birth of a child into the world. And, and, and spiritual birth is very similar. There is literally a breaking in of God into your spirit, your dead spirit. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you believe the Word of God that has been planted in you that can save you, James, the book of James tells us that. The moment that you, listen, we are told that we are being born again in the book of Peter, that we're going to be born again by the Word of God. And so you can't believe without hearing. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God, the message of Christ. And so when you've heard and you believed, Ephesians tells us again in chapter 1 that having believed, we were marked in Him uh, by the Holy Spirit. At the moment of salvation, the moment of your immediate repentance and belief on the Lord Jesus Christ, which was an activity of conviction and drawing by the Spirit of God, and the moment you said yes, that you believed, Christ came inside of you and gave you immediately the gift of the Spirit of Christ. Romans chapter 8 tells us, If you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. You must be born again. Born again means you've been made alive to God. It means that you've been totally forgiven and freed from the power of sin and freed from Satan's legal ownership. That you've been given the gift of eternal life. That all the wrath and condemnation has been removed. That God loves you. That according to uh, Romans chapter 6, we are told to count yourself dead to sin and alive, alive to God. Dear Christian brother or sister listening, you are now alive to God. You are living there alive by the Spirit of God. There's a spirit of power within you, the spirit of life. The Spirit of Christ dwells in you. Romans chapter 8 tells us that we did not receive the Spirit who is from the world, 
but we have received the Spirit who is from God, the Spirit of adoption, whereby we can cry out, Abba, Father, the most personal. God is infinite, incredible, massive, beyond us. But He's also relational, and He's the God of love, and He loves us. He's so personal. And so when Jesus comes into your life, there's a bursting. Born again, you're born spiritually. Listen, the act of salvation, this transformation from within, is detailed in Titus chapter 3. It is unlike any spiritual um, experience that anybody can have on the face of the earth. It is beyond anything. It is the act whereby, once dead, we are now forever alive to God with the absolute deposit of the Spirit of God in our lives, guaranteeing that uh, these physical fallen bodies will be in a flash, 1 Corinthians 15, in the twinkling of an eye. The mortal will put on immortality, and we shall see God face to face that uh, the very Spirit of God who opened our eyes and hearts to see Jesus, who enabled us to believe by the Word of God, literally came inside of us at the moment of salvation and planted the new nature, planted the living Christ in you. Oh my goodness, Christian. You can bow your head and just worship. You can bow your head and just begin to thank God. You can bow your head and begin to thank God about such a great salvation. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us how anybody, it, it, it really brings rebuke about how anybody could neglect, neglect so great a salvation. I pray that you learn more and more about the salvation. But salvation is about ultimately bringing us back into living, personal, inseparable, direct relationship, fellowship, communion, conversation with God. And that's amazing. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Jesus said it in John 17. Know what he said? When he's praying to the Father, and he says, And, and I, that I myself may, my, might be in them. That I myself might be in them. You know what? Christ is living in me. If you're born again of the Spirit of God, Christ is living in you, literally. And uh, you're now indwelt. Romans chapter 8, the indwelling, the permanent indwelling of the person of the Holy Spirit of God. You've been made alive to God. And so we were created to be spiritual, dead because of sin. Now when salvation comes, we are made alive again unto God directly awesome number two the point number two god sought god sought the dead (laughs) god came looking in this great fallen world this great graveyard god sought the dead the spiritually dead and that's what we were before we came and that's why we read in john chapter four uh one of our theme verses here uh, about god the father seeking worshipers let me read that part of the verse again. The Father, in, that He's seeking worshipers who will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers, fellowshipers, embracers. I'll explain that in a little bit. They are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, 
and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, God sought us when we were spiritually dead. Now, it's very important to understand something. And on the webpage notes, I say, not false worship of other gods and goddesses, small g, or spirits. See, we were made to be spiritual, and the issue is that there is a great spiritual battle that Satan would love to deceive people and make you know, earthbound religions and demonic religions and alternative religions. The whole new age is an alternative religion. People in the new age, they can have many different kinds of spiritual experiences, but they can't get into direct fellowship with God. They can't get into a personal relationship with God. They, can't, they don't have the joy, the presence, the power, the uh, incredible inward gnosis, uh, this knowing that you know that you know that you know that you know God. And there's a scripture that tells us in Romans chapter 8 that His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness internally deep in the reservoirs of you. His Spirit bears witness with your spirit, our spirit, that we are the children of God. That's why you know by the Word of God objectively it tells you so that your faith is based on fact, the Word of God, but it's also based on the internal witness of God the Holy Spirit. And that is no little thing. I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God because the Holy Spirit inside of my human spirit lets me know. Lets me know. Not only by the sense of feeling, but just the inward knowing. A gnosis, experiential, real uh, uh, knowledge from within. And so people that are, you know, again, we're spiritually oriented. We have a human spirit, but in sin, we're cut off from God. And so Satan would love to distract and offer us other things. And, and uh, you're going to find, like before I ever got saved, I was into Buddhism and seeking all kinds of things, spirituality and meditations and whatever. None of that led me to God. None of it did. I don't know what your experience was. Listen, you could even be going to a church and sitting there and feeling that God's there somewhere. I remember seeing a person come in one time and the presence and power of God was in the fellowship powerfully that morning and they were crying. They didn't know Jesus. But they knew that they felt something beyond what they had ever experienced in their life. On the outside, before we get saved, the presence of God is there and uh, coming to us the Spirit of God witnessing to us and bringing people to bring the word of salvation, the great gospel that is the power of God to salvation. And when you receive Jesus, you receive the Spirit who is from God. You are made alive by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the living God. Now listen, there are many people, Satanists and many others, that are worshiping um, by spirits. Demons will never lead anybody to God. And that's why you'll see in cults and in the occult and in the New Age movement, and no, you know, maybe you've come from that, no matter how many psychic experiences and tarot card readings and whatever else, crystals and whatever experience, you can go look at a mountain, you can go, uh, you can just feel awe, but do you have the living personal God on the inside of you? That is what God wants. He wants. Uh, to be in you. He wants you to be able to have uh, direct uh, fellowship in spirit and in truth. The true God. 
Jesus said he came to reveal the true God, the everlasting, infinite, personal God. And demon spirits will never take you there. And uh, that's why the Bible teaches in the end of days there's going to be so much, you know, false uh, demons are going to seduce and, and lead people in all kinds of directions. And uh, they're going to say that they had spiritual experiences. And there's no doubt, I've seen a lot of people, I had spiritual experiences before I got saved. But none of those experiences led me to God. As a matter of fact, most of those kept me away from God. So when something comes from a demon spirit, it will lead people away um, and uh, try to keep them away. Demon spirits never want to reveal Jesus. They never want to show a person who Jesus is. They never want to show a person uh, their need of being born again, their need of salvation, their need. They'll never, the demon spirits never want to show them the love of the Father, that, Father, that God the Father is seeking them and wanting them on a personal basis. The Word of God still tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan, the God of this world, blinds the minds of unbelievers so they can't see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the icon, who is God in human flesh. So God sought the dead. He seeks you and He sought others and He's seeking. That's what witnessing is all about. And the Spirit of God will break through to, to a person, person's conscience and heart and mind and soul. And the Word of God will pierce and break through and the, the message of the good news of rescue that God loves you, God forgives and God saves and uh, being born again. Now, that is the most powerful spiritual transformation when you begin to calculate what salvation is and the transformation, total forgiveness, freedom from the power of sin, the legal bonds and chains of Satan being broken off, you being transferred from the dominion of Satan to God's kingdom, you being now uh, your name written in the Lamb's book of life by the shed blood of Jesus totally washed, the Spirit of God being given to you, being born of the Spirit of God, having the power of God in your life, and the gift of eternal life, and your heart and your spiritual capacities are all open now to perceive uh, the Word of God, to perceive the presence of God, to perceive the depths of the grace of God. You've been changed literally from the inside out, and it's only the beginning. Salvation includes the moment of salvation, the growing in that salvation, and then eventually glorification when we are literally changed. Uh, and, and actually, at the glorification, it's like the mo moment of salvation. It's a moment um, in which uh, we will be completely, physically. This is the physics of God. But it's because of Christ in you now, because of being born again. Nobody, nobody, will uh, be able to experience that great glorification unless they are born again of the kingdom uh, of the spirit of god and that only comes through jesus and so here you are now point number three god makes us alive again in salvation now i've said this in john three already born again that's an exciting term born again of the spirit of god your human spirit now is literally alive made alive to where the eyes of your heart Ephesians chapter 1 talks about the, this, that inwardly as body, soul, and spirit, that our constitution in creation, we have the capacity to kind of perceive and see spiritually. So the Apostle Paul, who's saved, led by the Spirit of God, writes in the book of Ephesians, 
as he's praying, he says, "May the God, you know, may the may the Lord give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know Jesus better, and may the eyes of your heart be enlightened." Now you're you're born again and you're saved, sure, and the Spirit of God can give you more insight, can give you more um, of the depth of the experience of the grace you've received. He can show you and give you more knowledge, spiritual knowledge and spiritual wisdom. You can read about that in the first chapter of Philippians, in the first chapter of uh, Colossians, about God's will that you be filled uh, to the measure of the fullness of God, Ephesians chapter 3, by the Spirit of God. And we're told in, in, in the book of Philippians that we worship by the Spirit of God, we fellowship with God, we interact with God based on us being alive. Now you can read about it again in Titus chapter 3 where it talks about the new birth. Being born again is the new birth. We've used the word uh, regeneration. It's the idea that from the very core of your being, I believe personally that your genetics, your DNA, everything about you, there's nothing excluded in the act of being born again, saved of God coming to dwell within your life. And uh, all of the function of salvation, its goal is relationship. To know God. To, to know in an experiential and personal way and to have fellowship with God and to walk with God and to interact with God and to talk with God. God loves us, man. He just loves us. He loves us. And He loves us to have fellowship with Him. You know, having a child in your life, I don't know about you, but I've, I've got one child that God gave us as a gift and uh, healed my wife that we might be able to have a child. And that little baby meant everything in the world to me. Born in the world, I was the most excited father. I, was, I screamed in that, in, that, in that birthing room, you know, at the hospital. It's a girl. I was, they can see I was like ready to jump out of my skin. The, the Word of God tells us that when one sinner repents... All of heaven rejoices. Why? Because we've been born into the family of God. We've been baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit of God. We've been united with God and with the family. Oh, take a read today sometime. Hope you're taking notes. So many times when I give you so many uh, notes, uh, and even on the webpage I give you uh, some of the uh, videos of uh, just songs of worship, that are appropriate for the study. And I just hope that you have a few moments to listen to some of those and go out and buy uh, one of the Hosanna Integrity or Vineyard. Uh, just go to a Christian bookstore or go online and look up Vineyard Praise Music. And just look at YouTube and you can find it at GodTube and look up uh, worship songs and begin to practice. You say, well, I don't sing. I've never I don't sing. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Because you may be missing how to experience uh, the depth of God uh, because I believe worship is just literally an opening uh, of our being to, to God who has opened His being to us. And it's all because you've been made alive. You're born again. Point four on the study says this. We now have full direct access to God. 
full direct access to God. Let me read to you just real quick. Uh, there's a great verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. For through Him, Jesus, for through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Anytime, anywhere, any place. Let me say this. I can worship God here in this uh, in this uh, research study room that I'm in right now and just bow before the Lord. Uh, I have a favorite place in my house when nobody else is around where I stand and I look out these big windows and, and I just uh, I can stand there before God and worship and pray and intercede and do spiritual warfare and be in God's presence. I can do that sitting in a doctor's office in the waiting room closing my eyes. So begin to practice spiritually take the moment if you're saved to just you know uh at different times when you lay in your bed you can read the psalms it's packed as i say in point number five packed with insight to worship but i want you to know that you don't have to be in a building it's great to gather together with believers and worship together that's when a lot of believers are worshiping and praising and wow see we're a temple on an individual basis you'll find that in corinthians 3 but we're also a temple of God in a corporate sense. God not only brings us into relationship with Himself, but through Jesus and through the love of God, He brings us into reconciliation and fellowship with each other. I love being with brothers and sisters. I love being with other Christians. I love singing to God and worshiping God and hearing others as sometimes when I'm worshiping and I'm there, sometimes I stop and I just, I listen to others as they're worshiping. I look around and I see people with their hands raised to the heavens, their eyes closed and a smile on their face and I can see the sense of uh, uh, direct communion with God. Now, there's some weird things in our, in our own age that we're living in. There's people that are talking about communion with, you know, with, 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 with aliens and whatever else. I'm talking about communion, fellowship, quantania with God. Quantania is the Greek word where we can have, you know, the, that we have fellowship, we have communion with God, an experiential interaction. That's what worship is all about. God's looking for a fellowship and, and relationship and interaction and demonstrating love and intelligence between uh, uh, us and uh, himself. And listen, you can, I, I, I uh, two, three times a week go off into these deep woods where I live and I go through the mountain biking, uh, the trails. There's almost never anybody there. And that's where I go in to walk and, and do exercise and do a little jogging. But when I'm back in the pines and I'm among all those trees and sometimes deer are running through and all around me, I, I stop to just look at all creation as it pours forth speech of the existence of God. As I smell the pine, as it points to the beauty the aroma of God. Even nature tells us. And nature inspires us to worship God. Look at the stars on a dark night as it inspires you to understand the eternal nature of God, the divine power of God, the intelligence of God. Anytime, anywhere. One of the greatest places. I was in Kentucky going to school at Cumberland College years and years and years ago and some friends took me down to the, to the, to the river. 
And uh, we went down there and we walked off uh, uh, onto these great big just mammoth rocks and just big piercing rocks. And the river was rushing by and my friend and I, we were laying, this other Christian, we were laying on the rock, looking straight up, you know, one o'clock in the morning up into the stars. And it's like you can just reach out, you can see all of them. And to hear the rushing of the waters reminded me of what Jesus said uh, in John's Gospel, chapter 7, that, uh, that those who believe in Him, as the Scripture says, out of their inmost being would flow streams or, or rivers of living water, the Spirit of God. That was a reference to the Spirit of God, the life of God within us. And I remember the fellowship I had with God, looking up, talking to God. And so I want you to know that worshiping, in the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, and uh, by the truth, the truth of the Word of God, the truth of God, uh, in Jesus, is anytime, anywhere, and any place. Point five on your study notes says this, we are called to come in worship. I mean, you can read again and again in all the Psalms. Take a look at the Psalms. Take a look at Hebrews where it tells us to come, to come boldly. God says, come boldly. The actual Greek word means to come uh, uh, unfettered with total freedom of speech before the uh, king of the universe, who is our personal friend, who is our personal God, to come boldly before the throne of grace that you might receive, receive, receive from God. I read in Psalm chapter 95, verse 6, Here's what the Holy Spirit says through the writer. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. That's what the Spirit of God, He leads us to Christ, the salvation. He leads us to the Word of God, to growth. He leads us to His the power of the Spirit to be a witness. He leads us to the depth of the knowledge of God to show us. He also leads us to worship. He's the Spirit of worship from within. And the spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, the Scripture says, freedom in Christ, to have great joy, exceeding joy. And so I encourage you, study the Psalms. They're packed, literally packed, with uh, uh, insight and example and uh, teaching in the area of worship. You're born again. Let me say a few other things here. I think uh, four things about worship is. Right in the middle of the page, it says this. Worship is direct fellowship with God. Ephesians 2.18. Uh, Hebrews 4. It's direct fellowship with God. Worship is embracing, embracing God. Literally, as I would wrap my arms around a human being and embrace a human being and hug them, literally, by the Spirit of God within me, when I'm in worship, I feel like I'm just hugging God, embracing God. and It's a spiritual way of communion, fellowship. And that's what we do when we sing to God and just get before God and, and worship God and acknowledge God. Jesus began teaching us about prayer by saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, separated and exalted and unlike anyone else. And that's, that's what leads us in prayer. I like to worship before I begin to pray. Because it lights me up in the presence of God. It immediately uh, brings me to acknowledgement and focus on the living presence of God within and the awesome, transcendent presence of God uh, outside of me 
that I am in inseparable fellowship with. So worship is direct fellowship with God. Worship is embracing God, fellowshipping with God. And worship is interacting with God. Spirit to spirit, capital S to small letter S, Romans 8. God the Holy Spirit within leads us. God is spirit. And now our human spirit has been made alive by the Spirit of God and we can commune with God. And listen, worship is speaking to God, ascribing honor to God, ascribing praise. It's declaring your love to God. Go ahead and just, you know, just begin in worship if you haven't done this already. Maybe you're a great worshiper. But let me tell you this, that um, worship is about, again, relationship. It is about your personal fellowship. Tell God, you know, ascribe to God. Don't just always complain and talk about problems in your life. Come on. God is bigger than that. You know, surrender, you know, those anxieties, you know, you don't even, we're even told in Philippians 3, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with what? Thanksgiving! Present your requests. And we're told in Ephesians 5 about being filled with the Spirit and then making melody in our own hearts, you know, by the Spirit of God, and you know, in, in praising God with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, you know, letting our lives overflow with thanksgiving. Man, I tell you what, actually, it's even part of what spiritual warfare is. Praising God and worshiping God. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament, God inhabits, uh, that is, He manifests and comes around uh, 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 the praise of the saints. When we're praising God and worshiping God, there's a sense of a manifestation, a feeling, a sense, a knowing of the presence of God. And, and, and that manifestation of God's presence, uh, it, it, you know, I have it daily, let alone Sunday morning. So it's also uh, giving praise and, uh, and, and pouring out thanksgiving. And don't forget to do that. I, again, I encourage you that even before your prayer time or in the, in the beginning, you know, pouring out praise and worship and taking time to ascribe to God who He is. And that involves, worship involves listening to what God is speaking back into you, what verses of Scripture God is reminding you of. It is receiving grace, Hebrews chapter 4, receiving mercy in your life when you're in need. It's involved, you know, worshiping God and, you know, ascribing greatness. It involves praying interactively. Obviously, I go from worshiping to prayer, and sometimes when I'm praying, then I go back into worship. And uh, it's powerful. It's powerful. You want to be on fire for the Lord all the time. You've got to be worshiping and, and being in fellowship with God. Where you get your fuel. Uh, where you fan into flame the gift of God that's within you. Well, let me also say here, because I have four of these. Worship is, worship is by the blood of Jesus. Study deeply maybe this week, Romans chapters 3 four and five and you're going to see that it's by the blood of jesus that we have been made righteous that we have been declared justified in god's sight we have now have peace arena all the hostilities have been removed between us and god we now have absolute peace with god total peace with god by the blood of jesus christ and so that's, don't be ashamed to come. Father, I come by the blood of Jesus. I come by acknowledgement that Jesus is my Savior. That's what God provided. That's what God accepts. And God rejoices in it. God has joy in it. God exalts in it. Uh, so don't back off. Go before the Lord. 
and uh, worship God by the blood of Jesus. He has made you clean. He has robed you in His righteousness. And He's washed away every sin stain. And in the midst of worship, if there's any sin, He'll remind you of something. He'll kindly remind you of something and point something out so that by the Spirit of God and the new nature of the power of God over sin inside of you, you might throw out that which is foreign to your new life in Christ. Romans chapter 8. That uh, the example of being that we're, we're children of God, sons of God, you know, if we're led by the Spirit of God by, by throwing out the misdeeds of the body, putting to death any kind of sin issues, that's a demonstration that we've been born again, that we have the new, powerful, incredible new nature of God within. Listen, worship is by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, First John, or John's Gospel chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 2, even in Philippians, that we, we are the ones who worship. Like it says in 3.3 Philippians, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And then I say worship is in and by truth. Well, listen, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus taught us in John 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. The Bible tells us everywhere that the Word of God is truth. We read in Psalm 139 and that God uh, seeks truth in the inward parts. We're told in Ephesians 6 that part of the armor in spiritual warfare is to aletheia, to, to have truth, the truth of God, and to live in truth. And uh, when you know Jesus Christ, you know the truth, and the Spirit of truth is within you. And the Spirit of truth will never mislead you. The Spirit of truth, Jesus said, He will take from what is mine and make it known to you. The Spirit of of God inside of you will lead you to glorify Christ. Demon spirits, like I said earlier, will lead people to run from Jesus and, and blaspheme Jesus. Whereas the Spirit of God will lead you to confess Jesus and to praise Jesus. And So when you begin to glorify Jesus and praise Jesus, obviously you're going to feel the manifestation of the Spirit's presence, the pleasure of God. The pleasure of God just in faith, launch out in your worship and begin to ascribe greatness and thank God. What I like to do, and uh, I want to encourage you, in, in the beginning of worship, just, just begin, just acknowledge uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Acknowledge you're alive to God. Acknowledge you're a temple of the Spirit of God. I am a temple of the Spirit of God in Christ. And uh, I've been made alive. And Father, I love you. I praise you. I worship you. Lord Jesus, you are my King, Spirit of God, you're within me. I bless the Lord, O oh, my soul, in all that is within me. Bless His holy name. The Word and the Spirit of God deepen our worship in Christ and deepen our worship in, in our relationship with God. So I encourage you, keep, keep growing in worship. Uh, listen, when, when Christians don't have enough time to take time to worship God on even a daily basis, when we talk about quiet time, listen, Andrew Murray, the great devotional writer that I encourage you, and I've put some of his books out there, I encourage you. He was a great worshiper, a great servant of God, a great uh, person of the Word of God, but, but he's really someone who, who's really all about the presence of God, in the presence of God. 
So I encourage you that if you need encouragement, you want to keep growing, that's good to read some of those things. But to know the Word of God is central, the Word of truth. Listen, a couple of things. Here's two things more I want to tell you about this session. How to worship God in spirit and truth. Well, I've got to be, be born again in the Spirit of God. And begin to say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. Uh, Jesus, you're the great Savior. Jesus, you are awesome. And that's worship. And that's fellowship. And then listening. And then let it go deeper and deeper and give God time. And spend more time. And read the Word of God out loud in front of God, in the presence of God. I always, again, acknowledge the inseparable, immediate, immediate presence of God. Who's dwelling within and upon you and with you. And you're with Him. Well, in the midst of this worship, and as you're growing in worship... Two things are really powerful. You will grow and your worshiping is witnessing. Let me explain this. Number one, when you worship daily, when you worship locally with Christians and so forth, you will grow. When you're singing to God and praising God and blessing God and ascribing greatness to God and, and so forth, listen, what happens is an interaction of, the, of God's presence, His Spirit with you. And uh, He reminds you of the Word of God. He encourages you. He, he lifts up that countenance. Uh, any cleansing that needs to be done right then and there, you can confess and He can you know, be faithful and cleanse you of all sin. Now listen, you will grow in faith. You will grow in love. You will grow in holiness. And you will grow in your witness. I'm telling you that. There's times I get to be before the Lord. One thing I knew when I was pastoring the last church I was at, and it was a hard church. It was a really, really hard time. Uh, especially in the last number of years. One thing I know about that fellowship was that we gathered together, and, and uh, regardless of a, of a big worship band and uh, all the different things, listen, one thing we all did is we gathered in the name of Jesus. Jesus said this in the book of Matthew, by the way, that when two or three gather in my name, there I am in their midst. And he loves it when we gather together in his name. And as we begin to worship, the presence of God builds our faith. Us even hearing other Christians sing, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, you know, or, or some of the songs that are sung. We hear the hymns and psalms and the songs of faith, and it builds our faith. We're in fellowship with God, and, 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 and love continues to build. God is love. God is spirit. And this is the central attributes, in a sense, of God. God is love, and by love He came to save you. First John 3, Look how much love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. And so God comes to love you in fellowship and, uh, uh, and embrace you in, in, worship, in that fellowship. I mean, that's what worshiping is. It's fellowshipping with God. It's fellowshipping with God. I can't stand to go to church in a local sense and uh, see people just sit there and, you know, or not even mouth the way. I wonder if they're even born again sometimes, some of them. They just sit there like God's a million miles away, man. He's in you. He's with you. And He's beyond you. But you will grow in the midst of your worship. You will, be, you will be built up in faith. You will grow in love because you're in fellowship with God who is love. 
And the ultimate end, Ephesians 3.14 all the way down, the ultimate end of being filled with the Spirit of God and the power of God is to be, have Christ manifesting in us with the end goal of that we might be filled to the measure of the fullness of God, that we might know the love of God that surpasses knowledge, that the height, the depth, the width, the length of the love of God. And you know what? You're going to grow in holiness. You know why? Because if there, listen, in the presence of God, if there's any kind of sin or attitude in your life, God will convict that so you can get rid of it. It's ugly and empty anyway, right? The sin never works. That's why some people hide from worship. They hide, you know, Christians. Some Christians hide from worship because they got sin in their life. And if that's you right now, just listen, know one thing. Isn't it miserable to know Jesus, yet have sin in your life? Isn't it sickening and miserable? When are you going to give it up? Man, begin to worship God and just right then and there know that He loves you, that He's calling you to repent, confess. 1 John 1, 9, remember 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you instantly. That's the only place you're going to find forgiveness. Instant forgiveness and instant cleansing. Jesus and uh, He'll lead you. The Spirit of God leads you. Worship fills you up again and sets you on fire again and, and leads you to holiness and to be strong in the Lord and to stand for the Lord and build your resolve and, and be strong in the Lord and His mighty strength. And then fourthly, I believe that witness, real, I mean worship, real worship leads us then out into witness. I think real worship is witness. I've been worship services sometime. We're just worshiping and worshiping and worshiping and praising God. God's presence is there. The declarations of God's grace and God's attributes and God's love and salvation is packed. Listen, just singing amazing grace. It's packed with the acknowledgement of salvation. I was once blind, but now I see. And we're singing songs like that and lost people might be in the service and hear that. I have been in services where people wanted to get saved wanted to accept Christ right in the middle of the worship service. They didn't want to wait to the sermon because of the presence of God and the power of God and the witness of the hymns and the songs and the spiritual songs and the witness of that communion and fellowship with God. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, I've also said that worshiping is witnessing. Now listen, I didn't put on your notes, but I want to say this too. Worshiping is also an act of spiritual warfare, where God is filling and His presence is there. Uh, I remember in the Old Testament, Saul of Tarshish, maybe, or not Saul of Tarshish, but the Old Testament Saul, uh, King Saul, uh, when he was really in disobedience to God and an evil spirit was bringing depression and so forth on him, David, who was a, a psalmstress, a kind of a worship leader, would go and, and begin to do psalms of praise and begin to you know play music that was anointed by the Spirit of God and begin to praise God. And by that, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit began to fill the room and the demon spirit would go away and lift off uh, of uh, the disobedient uh, Saul, the King Saul. And uh, there would be relief for a while. So I believe that where there is praise and worship of Jesus, that it's an ex that's literally, literally just beaming in a, not only our lives and filling our lives and giving us joy, but literally attacking any demonic presence around. And uh, they just can't stand it. They can't stand the confession of Jesus and songs. I mean, think about singing the song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know? 
What is all my righteousness? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so there is a literally uh, uh, an act of spiritual warfare in the context of worship too. And it's very important. It, it relieves you of oppression many times. If you're feeling oppressed and, and attacked, just start worshiping and praising. At first it might seem hard. At first it might seem cold. But just begin to pour out the praise and pour out the thanksgiving and begin to pour out, pour out a, a, with it authoritative prayers against the enemy and ask the Lord to deliver you and sing songs of deliverance and begin to praise God. I know an old song, Praise the Name of Jesus. Um, he's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. And I just, you can feel the, you know, the whole air around you. Uh, just uh, all that oppression, you know, being attacked and, and being pushed back uh, by that literal living presence of Jesus. Well, worshiping is also witnessing. Because you know what? When you're singing songs like Amazing Grace or any of, the, any of the songs that you're singing, realize something. You are hearing what you are singing. And so what you're hearing is being fed right back into you. So if you're singing songs, scriptures are turned into songs, psalms, any of the Old Testament psalms turned into worship. If you're singing songs and hymns, and uh, please realize something that it's like like teaching coming right back in the word of god you know building your faith come so there's a witness right back to you so sometimes when you're just down depressed whatever's going just start worshiping god praising god thanking god and you find breakthrough you'll find your faith being built up literally you'll be witnessing to yourself of the grace the power the might the magnitude the love the presence the power the salvation of our God. Now listen, when there's worshiping going on, you're witnessing to other believers. They're hearing it. That's why I said I like to hear it. I like to be, I've been in stadiums with, with 70,000 people and hearing them sing and worship God. And it's like, it was just amazing. I remember being in a church in Dallas and it was like like revival like I've never seen. I felt like there was so much presence of God, so much power of God as people were singing. I, I, I just stopped singing and looked around. I felt like if I jumped up into the air, I would hang, literally hang up in the air because the presence of God was so big and so great and so manifest. And so I encourage you to realize, like Acts chapter 4 and the prayer and the praise... Man, God refills us by the Spirit of God. So when you're worshiping Jesus and singing those songs and, and blessing God, listen, you're, you're literally witnessing the truths to other believers. You're also witnessing to the supernatural world. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. The Word of God says, His, God's intent was that now, now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to who? To the angels, maybe to the demons. The demons obviously know, but there this manifold wisdom and work of God, this grace would be declared. Angels look into the worship. They're hearing us sing songs of redemption because they didn't. The, the elect angels never sinned. They they never felt the saving grace of God. Um, and so they look in to what we're doing. They attend worship services and your worship. They're with us. They're among us. 
And they know how to worship, buddy. I tell you what, they know how to stand and be called in the presence of God. Can you imagine trillions of angels worshiping God? Wow. Worshiping is witnessing to the lost. The lost can hear uh, and I think that's what's happened happened in the book of Acts when Saul, uh, when Paul rather, uh, was saved and and, and uh, Silas. They were in prison and they were in that jail and they were they were doing two things. They were singing hymns, they were singing hymns, and they were praying. And in the midst of the singing of hymns and praying for their deliverance, God caused an earthquake and all the jail cell doors opened up. The jailer wanted to kill himself because of what was going on. And uh, they cried out to him, no. And listen, no doubt that jailer, he, he says, what must I do to be saved? Why did he say that? Because he heard them singing hymns to God. He heard the words. Could you imagine singing Amazing Grace and a lost person hearing it? Could you imagine singing songs and others Years and years ago, as even when I was uh, working in a, I was working in a store. I was stocking shelves years and years ago, and I remember early in the morning. So I'm stocking shelves, and inwardly I'm kind of singing a song, "Onward, Christian Soldier." You know, I'm singing that song, and all of a sudden, another Christian heard me kind of humming that and singing a little bit uh, under my breath. I mean, I'm just kind of you know just where I was, and they began to sing a little bit. And then a third believer heard and began to sing the same song. And then there was a non-Christian, and they kind of joined in. But it's also, again, where Christ is declared in worship. Grace and mercy and born again and salvation and forgiveness of sin and the blood of Jesus is all declared in, in worshiping. So worshiping is also witnessing to other believers and building their faith to the supernatural world around us in declaration of the victories of Jesus to the demons, of the grace of God to the angels of God, to the lost, and then to yourself. You build yourself up. Listen, in the book of Jude, have you read that verse yet, verse 20? Have you read Jude 20? Let me say it again. Have you read Jude verse 20? Now, I, I say it because I want you who have not yet memorized to memorize it. I'm encouraging you because I'm a discipler and I love you and I want you uh, not to be a spiritual couch potato. I want you not to be spiritually passive, to be active, to grow in the grace. That's what God tells us to do. In Jude verse 20, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Greek word, locket of the Spirit, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're to worship in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're to pray in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up. Speak the Word of God to yourself. Sing songs of praise. Sing songs of, of great faith and hymns to God. And you're going to find, and sometimes when you're by yourself in your own house, sing it out loud. Sing it out loud that you might find the presence and power and fire of God. Every revival that has ever occurred filled worshipers with the songs and singing and worship. And, and just listen. Those who are on fire with the Holy Spirit are powerful worshipers. And those who are powerful worshipers stay on fire for Christ. So let me say this. Worship. Worship on your own when you're, by, when you're by yourself. 
and uh, on a daily basis just worship the Lord and get before the Lord like we're talking about and uh, worship with others get together with a group of Bible study and sing and praise God and ascribe greatness and so forth sometimes you can just sit back and write out your you know just write out ascribe greatness what do you want to tell God what do you want to tell him how much you love him you know your family you can get together and worship together with your family I'll get up this morning early in the morning I'll get up with my little family and We'll bow our heads before God and worship God and pray and thank God for the morning and eat our meal and, and quickly take off for the day. And then with the body of Christ, worship God. The body of Christ must be a worshiping body. A worshiping body is a, a body in fellowship with God, communion with God, manifesting God's presence, God's attributes, God's truths. The Word of God comes through those songs and hymns and spiritual songs, and witnessing flows through. And even, like in the book of Acts, even supernatural acts of deliverance and healing and workings could occur in the midst of our worship. God can do that. Somebody said that praise was the spark plug of faith. That it builds our faith. That God, you know, answers faith. Worship is an act of direct faith. So, come let us worship and bow down as the scripture says. You can kneel, stand, fall down, raise your hands, clap your hands, move, dance, show exceeding joy, and even stand still and be silent in the awe-striking presence of God. And one day, my dear Christian friend, as the book of Revelation tells us, You'll be able to do that face to face with the living God. Your God. Do it now. Do it now, my friend. Father, we ascribe greatness and power and glory and might and good. We ascribe salvation. We acknowledge the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, we, we acknowledge you as Lord and Savior and King. We acknowledge you as coming again. We acknowledge you the giver of the word of God. And so, Father, we love you and bless you and praise you for saving us and delivering us and bringing healing to us. So, hallelujah, mighty God. Hallelujah, mighty God. And hallelujah and glory to the Lamb of God. Blessed be the righteous, the righteous name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the a faith-giving name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.